seedling. And then that one's from about 18 to 25. Oh, boy. Ish. Where were you at this point in your life? 18 to 25. Let's see. So... Yeah, 18 to 25, I, so I went to college, kind of, I mean, I did go to college, I did not graduate, so I would have been at Michigan State for a little while, um, and I, I just, like, it just wasn't for me, I really felt like it was going to be for me, and I felt like it was going to be, like, I don't know, I always, I always, um, like, did really well on, like, tests and things like that, like, standardized tests and whatever like I loved to read I guess that's something that I didn't bring up in my sprout thing but I used to just constantly read that's like all I would do is just read 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 um so I was like college is going to be where I find my people um you know intellectual people who like to read and so I went to Michigan State (laughs) because that's where my best friend Renee was going I was like oh yeah I'll go there um and I like never left my room like I just didn't I didn't want to by that time, I actually had made friends and I I was really into like hanging out with them and going to like punk rock shows and things like that. So I was like really deeply into that. And I, I hadn't quite met my people at Michigan State like that. I was also like very depressed and I did not realize it. So I spent a lot of time like just laying in my bed and not going anywhere. Um, so I was at Michigan State for about two years I guess about two years um and I did like varying levels of okay there uh and then I actually moved to Ferndale when I was like 19 I think I was 19 yeah yeah and I lived uh at this house called the litter box it was a zine house where they'd have like shows in the basement I was owned by this uh, woman named Jamie who, like, wrote a ton of zines and, like, I don't know. She what is was a zine? A magazine? A zine is, like, I'm probably going to, like, butcher this. I was always the most normie person in that house, too, by the way. They, like, make fun of me for being, like, very, like, normal, which was totally weird for me. So I was uh, like, wait a minute. Stop it. Hold and on. <laughs> I was like, I don't. Uh, oh, okay, sure. But a zine is just, like, a small it's almost like a pamphlet. It's just like a self-made little tiny magazine type thing. Um, yeah, they were like pretty popular in like the yeah, like the late nineties. Did and you early guys ever 2000s. watch that show Rocket Power on Nickelodeon? No. Yes. One of the characters, Reggie, had a zine, but I just thought it was a short term for magazine. But pamphlet sounds more like something Reggie from Rocket Power was making. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm. I would be like shocked if Zine didn't come as a short form of magazine. So, did you like help? <laughs> They're just like, no, no, it has nothing to do with that. It's just called Zine, and it's similar. Yeah, it's nothing to do with it. Stop. It's like a magazine, but smaller, and it's different. Yes, I'm begging You're, people to stop. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not the same. Did you like help make it? No, not really. You just like, lived inside the litter box. I just lived inside the litter box. Yeah, there were like. Where a was bunch the litter box located? It's on Channing Street. It was, so it was on the side and of why, Channing. Why the litter box? Why was it called that? I I don't know. There was like, it was dirty as hell. People peed like all over the place. Honestly, it was like so dirty. And when I moved in there, she was like, "You can live here for like one hundred and fifty dollars a month if you clean up." And I was like, "No problem." And then I never cleaned anything. 
<laughs> I was like, I absolutely will. I cleaned the bathroom one time and that was it. And it, it was just like, I don't know, it was her and her boyfriend at the time, this other guy who wrote zines and then this other dude who was in like a whole bunch of bands and was like incredibly weird. He lived in the basement. He was so smart and he was so weird and his he was in like a bunch of like noise bands and shit like that. And so there would just be like noise shows in the basement. And basically, I don't know, I feel like I just spent a ton of time going to shows and going to parties. And I went to Wayne State for a little bit, also dropped out of that. I just like was really unmoored. Like I didn't know what I was doing, but I was just like, whatever. Like I really like music. I really like going to shows. So I did that. I ended up moving to Hamtramck uh after i lived in ferndale was that the same apartment you lived in for a long time no i moved into a house with a friend of mine when i was like 19 years old on yemen's street uh and i lived there for a while i worked like as a i worked at a restaurant in downtown detroit for a while a place called small plates that is no longer there but i worked there for a while and i was so bad at it really like serving oh i served one day and they were like "Mm, you don't have to do that i like bust basically and then sometimes i was like a host but i was just like terrible at it i worked like the box office at the the state theater or the fillmore or whatever um i worked at a record store for a long time and that was really fun that was super fun and i would just like go to metal shows and punk shows and hardcore shows and things like that and work at a record store and hang out and that was pretty much it um i yeah i mean that was like most of it like i felt really like all over the place like i just i didn't know i didn't really know what i was like gonna be doing toward the end of that time probably when i was like 23 or 24 no probably closer to 23 i was dating a guy and i moved in with him it was like the first time i lived with somebody that i was dating And so I had to get like an actual job um, that wasn't just like working at a record store because obviously it doesn't like pay anything. Uh And so I started working in in self-storage and I worked in self-storage for a very, very long time. Um, So I... This is another thing we have in common. Yes. Our (laughs) self-storage. Living in self-storage facilities. Yes. So I started working in self-storage... And, uh, yeah, it was just, like, incredibly wild for a long time. This was, like, all before I started doing, like, comedy stuff, too. I didn't start doing anything comedy-related until I was, like, 26 or 27. Really? Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I just, like, would work in self-storage and just go see shows and just drink a ton. That was it. It was, like, every single night I was just, like, going to see a show, drinking a ton, listening to music. That was it. That was all of it. Okay. Any fun stories from working in self-storage? Oh, my God. Like, uh, yes. They're just like, uh, I worked in self-storage. This is going to take me into the next stage, too. But there, when I first started working in self-storage, I worked at a place called Simply Self-Storage in Wayne, Michigan. Um, and the guy that was the manager there, his name was John. And he was, like, just this, like, really funny sarcastic like gay dude who was just like this is just like a fucking dumb job whatever let's just have fun and it like it spoiled me honestly because he 
was so cool and we just got along so well that like we would just hang out and I was like this job is amazing like yes there are bottles of piss everywhere that I have to clean up and yes occasionally I open a storage unit and there's just like a guy sitting in there in a recliner drinking by himself and I just slowly close the door yes that happens sometimes but like this rule every job has their thing yeah and then like the people that worked there were always like sort of weird like there was always something a little bit off like this guy started working at that store after a while who very sincerely was like there are people who live in the center of the earth and (laughs) he's like worried about it all the time excuse me um and it was like before that was like really much of a thing too so like this is like I don't know, like the mid 2000s. So like now, like people, I think, like really lean into all sorts of like absolutely wild shit. And it's just like whatever. Like at the time, it was bad shit. Weird. We were like, okay. And he's just like, I can like people would like uh, where this storage facility was, was across the street from, I think, like a low income housing place. But there was like woods between it. And so people would oftentimes like come out of the woods and like run across the street to like the self-storage place because they'd have like a small self-storage place to like have their stuff or just like hang out or whatever and he always would be convinced that those people were like government agents oh my god and so he would just somebody would be coming he'd be like lock the door lock the door lock the door and he'd be like oh my god why what's going on he's just like that's an agent and i'm like that's definitely not an agent that's a guy running out of the yeah. woods to that go get his name's furniture Mark. he's totally legit <laughs> but yeah he would always like tell us about how like, by 10. yeah seriously <laughs> we'd be like climate control 10 by 10 right there he's fine he's fine he pays. it's fine yeah he's been here for years but yeah he was just like always like on about that kind of stuff and then one day when i was wasn't there I got a call from John the guy that like ran the property and he was like Vincent just fucking slapped me and apparently like he thought that John I mean I now like I'm like saying this I'm like I think this man was like ill uh but yeah he like slapped John and that was kind of like a a fun while there was another guy that I worked (laughs) with who told me um that like he was one of the first calls when the planes hit the towers (laughs) yeah okay (laughs) we were just like working i was just calling people who were late because for a long time i was an assistant manager and in self-storage usually like an assistant manager as maggie can tell you my mom worked for the exact same company okay but we lived on the east side and lived at one of the facilities because they have like apartments and stuff attached to them yeah 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 yeah. so this guy it's a wild life it really is so this guy yeah, I don't know. I was just like calling late people and and he was just like, you know, I was one of the first calls when the planes hit the towers. And I was like, and by the way, I'll pay my I'll pay my bill. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just like, "What?" And he was like, "Yeah. Yeah. I know things that make you think I'm a monster." And I was like, mm-hmm, "Okay." <laughs> he was just like, "Please pay us for your storage unit." Yeah. Well, he no, he Wait, worked so he there. Was, oh, and he was late to work. 
no, I was calling people who were late on their payments. This is all very important details. And he was just sitting next to me in the office. Oh, got it. And he oh. would just pepper. I'm sorry, that wasn't clear at all. You weren't in the visual. Yeah, I you were calling a person. They're like, I don't need to pay my thing because I was I was towers. one of the first calls. <laughs> that also would not have been unusual. Like, I don't know. Self-storage is a weird thing because it's just like, no, basically no one's happy to have to use a storage unit right. for something. Yeah, no one's excited. Someone's in some in-between time in their life with right. their storage unit. Always. So, like, and, and like, I don't know, just strange people are attracted to it as well. So it was, like, very rich in that way, but yeah. also just, like, I, I don't, I don't know. My mom told me, like, because, like, at the end of the month when, like, people wouldn't, um, you know, pay or whatever, and they'd have to like cut their locks and like take their storage unit back. My mom was like, "We find the most like insane things." She said there was a lot of urns, yeah, lots of urns. So that is the one reason why I do not want to be cremated because I do not want to spend eternity in someone's yeah, locker so until they stop paying the rent. Oh yeah, like no. But wild things were found in those things. Yeah, yeah. I came back when I, I eventually uh, was promoted to property manager and I got to live in a storage apartment. But one time, one of my assistant managers, I came back from being gone for a day and they left me a note that just said, uh, found grenade in unit, whatever number police were called. And I was like... What? Oh, like I fucking live here. What, <laughs> what a casual <laughs> sticky note. Yeah, yeah it was just, just like FYI bombs. Yeah, units just work. slapped on there, just like grenade found. I'm like, what? Don't worry, <laughs> the cops came. It's fine. It totally, totally fine. Like, oh, oh, everything's okay, okay with the grenade. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, from the yeah, from the time I was like 18 until I was 25, I pretty much just like worked and got drunk and went to shows and had fun or not i mean i was also like very depressed the whole time but i feel like that's always kind of been true of me just like going in and out of being very depressed so there was a lot of that yeah and then just like figuring out who you are and what you want to do that's like a pretty normal part of that life like, oh part yeah of life. yeah for sure for sure for sure for sure for sure, for sure. oh yeah Oh, we all went through it, okay? Oh, my God, yeah. I was um, 26 when I started reaching out to Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> excellent, Daily. excellent. I've moved, I've moved forward. It's fine. <laughs> oh, goodness. Should we move on? Yes. All right, so our final segment is called the Sage Stage. The, the Sage. Sage. And then that's just from 25 till present day. Okay, well, wowie wowie, so much has happened. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think, yeah, after I turned 26, I started doing, like, improv. Like, I took my first improv class when I was 25. Same. Yeah. Me too. Aww. Oh, my God. Last quarter of a sunch. You guys. Uh, so, yeah, I started doing improv stuff, and, like, I was so reticent to, like, do it at all. I thought it was, like, the dumbest shit I'd ever heard in my life. Um, but I was in this uh, this food club where, basically, we would just go to a different restaurant every month. And somebody that was in that uh, did stand-up comedy and was like, you should do comedy. Like, you should, you should try this out. And I was like, eh, I don't know. Like... 
I had taken a, a writing class with Second City, like online, because I was like, okay, I really like to write. And um, I, if I could, I had like a therapist at the time when I was like trying to figure my life out, which I think everybody's always trying to figure their life out, just like always. But she was like, if you could do one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? And I was like, oh, I just tell my friends stories and make them laugh. And she was like, oh, well, then why don't you like do comedy? And I was like, that's not a thing that you can just do like I don't want to get on stage I don't want to like be in front of people even though when I was like very young that's all I wanted to do all I wanted to do is like be an actor and like whatever but I had just like put it so far out of my head um but anyway like very soon after I had that conversation with my therapist I was at this like food club thing and this person was like there is a new theater in Ferndale and you should take a class and I was like oh all right So I signed up for a class like I just so happened that I had moved into a storage apartment where you don't have to pay rent. So I had two hundred dollars or one hundred and fifty dollars or however much it was to sign up for a class at the time. And I just remember thinking like this is the most clown shoes bullshit in the world. I don't want to go into this class. I like almost didn't show up for the first class because I was just like terrified and like. I think I was really hiding behind this. Like, I'm so much cooler than this, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then I started doing it and like, I absolutely loved it. Um, I got fully sucked into the cult of improv. Like I basically disappeared from most of my other friendships and previous hobbies. Yeah. I was just like, Oh yeah. Like never went to another show again. Um, But yeah, I just started, I got really, really, really into improv. That's like basically all I did were just shows. And, um, I think like I, all of the practice I had, like bullshitting and making things up, like I just was like, oh, uh, I was doing this for a long time. Right. I just didn't have an audience. Exactly. Like I was just like, oh my God, like there's a place where this is actually really useful and it helped me to like be a little kinder to myself in general I think because I was just like I think I just had all of these like ideas and all of this like shit like kind of pent up and it would just come out in like weird ways and now I have like an avenue for that or like I have a place where I can create things where like I'm having fun and I'm doing a thing and I feel like I have a purpose and so like I was really able to like show up I I used to have like so much like self-doubt and self-criticism and shame about not finishing college because like why can't I just show up for things and like it would happen a lot like even at like work if I didn't like a job I just like kind of wouldn't show up like right up to that edge of like getting fired and then like not get fired but like as close to the edge of getting fired as I could be um and I realized like like oh if I if I actually really care about something and really like it I'll fully show up for it and it just like helped me to kind of like forgive myself for some of that stuff yeah um so I like went full tilt into improv stuff um eventually I started teaching classes and uh was on like the cast of like the theater and everything like that uh so that was like super fun and super cool um I was still working in self-storage for like a super fucking long time and then uh somebody who was taking classes was like uh the one of the founders of like a tech company in Detroit and like had seen me perform a bunch and was like, just, I was kind of just casually like talking to him at the bar and like telling him about my job. And he was like, well, do you really like that? And I was like, no. And he's like, well, why do you do it? 
And I was like, well, I don't have a degree, so I kind of like don't have a fucking choice, dude. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> Let's go to the job tree and just pick a new one. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, well, if you really want to do something else, I could see if there's anything that like doesn't require a degree or like whatever. And he like helped hook me up with some opportunities to interview for companies to interview for companies. <laughs> I don't know why I said it so weird. <laughs> <laughs> to interview for companies. So I got to interview uh, with a couple companies and I ended up getting a job just doing like operations for like a tech startup, um, which then like, I don't know, it was like a really weird thing. I was so nervous to interview with them and he really coached me to basically like bullshit my way through the interview. He's like, you can do this job. If you hand them a resume that says like, I work at self storage, I don't have a degree. Are they going to hire you? Probably not. But if you show up and say something like, I guess I can get you a resume if you want, you know, but I don't know, I guess I wasn't really looking for a job. Nathan just told me this was a thing and just act like you belong there. And I did. And it fucking worked. And I was like, what time yeah it was just like i felt very lucky and also like i felt so insecure when i started there i went from working at a self-storage facility on eight mile and losser where like people were truly like in poverty like not able to pay for their like storage units because they owed like three hundred dollars and their shit was about to get sold so I would just like be like, oops, I did the paperwork wrong, even though I didn't, so that their shit wouldn't get sold. Like, And it was just like actual poverty to going to working at like this tech startup downtown where it was like there were like $3,000 chairs. And I was just like, I, it was just such like a su- such whiplash. Totally, yeah. totally, totally. So I don't know. I did that for a while. And then I realized like that these people just like came from very different class than I did. Like it was just like the class difference was huge. And I was just like, Oh, like I can totally do this job. Like there's no, I don't know. I think I just like realized that like not having a degree didn't mean that I was like somehow like a piece of shit or not smart or capable or anything like that. And from there, I, uh, I guess I'm just telling you all the jobs I've had. So capitalism, yeah. um, you know, um, just so you know, my job history, if anybody's looking to, this is actually a resume building. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I ended up like, uh, you'll leave here with a new career. Thank God. Um, I ended up becoming a developer after that, like a software developer. And I did that for a long time. And now I'm in a position where I help people to learn how to be software developers through the company. But I guess like all of that is to say, like, I feel like the time between like 26 and 31 32 ish was really like me kind of figuring out like how to love myself a little better or to like do the things that I cared about and see where it like led me instead of having this like extremely strict view of like what my life should look like and comparing it to like other people and and all of that shit so there was that um any questions about any of that any questions no i mean that's 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 really just very interesting because 
I mean, I feel like I, I went through like the very similar situation. So it's just kind of funny because I feel like when I was in that situation, though, I felt like I was the only person on earth in that situation. And like now doing improv and like meeting you and like meeting lots of other people, like there was a lot of people in the exact same situation just trying to figure it the fuck out. And I also had to drop out of college twice and beat myself up throughout my 20s for that and ended up in a tech career without a degree like I, I felt like I had to work longer for it instead of going to school for it you know yeah for sure I yeah yeah I think that is like a huge thing that I wish I understood because I still have student debt but I just oh, don't have a degree oh absolute same I have nothing to show for it but it's there oh yeah it's there yeah. I mean I have 75 home offices yes <laughs> you have a lot of home offices yes. but you also have $75,000 worth of debt that is right <laughs> for every thousand dollars of student debt I have I have a home office uh which is perfect so which I spent a thousand dollars on <laughs> that's exactly right uh so yeah, like all of that, I guess. And then, uh, you know, I'm so I'm 37 now. <laughs> I'm not making it up. I'm just trying to remember. Uh, so in my like er- early 30s, I ended up meeting Mitch, who is uh, our friend, uh, former guest of this pod. Yeah, um, and Mitch is one of my best friends. I love him. Yeah, and I, I also love him. We are now married, and we have a child together, so that <laughs> was like love a pretty... Your love is a little deeper than mine. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. You know, you never know. You might deeply love... We deeply love our friends. Yes, we yes, deeply yes. love our friends. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I ended up meeting Mitch, and we got together and we were friends for a long time before we got together um didn't you guys go on a date before we did so we i want to know all about this and so <laughs> yes I'll, I'll tell you so mitch and i uh long before we like officially dated we went on one date um and it was i i should say all of these stories i've told you so far like let's say once we get into the zone of me being 19 I'm drunk the whole time. I'm like extremely drunk. Just like layer vodka on that and just like dip it in the vodka and leave it there. Cause that's just where I was. I was yeah. like a member of Tito's nation. Um, so Mitch and there were, there would be like a lot of really late nights at the theater. Um, people just drinking and hanging out. And one of those nights, like Mitch started like braiding my hair and I was like, I think this guy's flirting with me. Um, you know, I was like in my thirties, so, like I should have picked up on it, but I was just like, I think he's flirting with me, like braiding my hair and he was flirting with me and we went out on a date and I was like, so nervous. I just wasn't acting like myself at all. Like I felt like my body was possessed by something or someone else. I was like, what the fuck is going on? We went to sneakers pub in Ferndale, Michigan. Okay. Um, and I was just being an asshole. Like, I wasn't, I mean, I, I can definitely be a little bit of an asshole, but, like, I was just being, like, shitty about things. <laughs> For some reason, the show Gotham was on the TV, and it was just like, you watch Gotham? And I was like, no, I don't fucking watch Gotham. <laughs> just being, like, the biggest asshole. It didn't last very long. And then, like, we went our separate ways, and I wound up going to Seven Brothers Bar right after and meeting you there, Maggie. I don't know if you remember this or not. Really? <laughs> You were there, and I was like, I just went out on a date with Mitch. I was not acting like myself. I, I do remember this. Yeah. I feel like I do not know what happened. And then, which is funny because I remember both of you 
from even before that thinking the other person was like the coolest person and then you came up and told me that like it didn't go well or like you weren't feeling yourself and i was just like wow that sucks so bad because like i just thought that those two are like the two coolest people i know and they should definitely be together but then i remember it like it was literally just like time and space because the next time then Mitch was like in love with you and then it just slowly slowly moved into dating after that yeah so after after that like yeah we went our separate ways and it was just like a weird thing and then he had a girlfriend for a really long time and then they broke up and yeah we just like got together and it was just like, like I love Gotham and then yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, Listen, yeah. I want you to know I've watched every episode right. of Gotham. I started watching Gotham and I really came around you know he said he mentioned to me like I was telling we were talking about that and he was like I remember feeling like I was being so weird and like I kept talking about Gotham and I don't know why I never watched it <laughs> like but I I know this like will sound cheesy but like I when we went on that date like I was not in any kind of a place where I could have been in an actual relationship well like I just like didn't love myself for a really long time and so I would just like drink and make like really shitty questionable decisions mostly with dudes and like there were like you know a couple relationships in there that I think were like all right but for the most part I was just like trashed and making bad decisions all the time it's so easy to do that in improv there's like oh my god it just like oh my god like how many people saw probably my my peak like I don't know anyway I'm not gonna get into it but it's just like but also every time someone saw your peak you saw 10 other people's peaks so it's fine yeah we all fell apart and grew out of improv okay (laughs) it just yeah I mean there was just like a lot of that and by the time that Mitch and I like actually got together for like this time when we ended up getting married and starting a family together like there were definitely still some like rough edges there, but for the most part, it was like, I don't know. I feel like I'd finally come to a place where like I knew myself well enough and I felt okay enough with myself that I could like allow a real relationship to happen. Um, and even like when we started dating, it was hard because like he had decided to move to New York before we started dating. And so he did still move and I would just go out there like every month or so and like my job was pretty flexible so I could work remotely and we wound up going back and forth and he of course ended up moving back home um yeah and then we got engaged and we got married um and all of this time I was still like way too drunk all the time uh just like I mean, Maggie, we became friends because I got like super hammered and just decided that I was going to sleep in your bed in your home. <laughs> and oh, you which was that's a pretty funny. good way to like kind of speed up the well, which process. was very funny because it was like unbeknownst to me, and I just like opened up my door, and then Jenny Bloomer was on top of the blankets in the middle of the bed. I was like, okay, you're gonna have to at least move over. <laughs> and that was the morning. <laughs> that was the morning that we woke up at the exact same time, made eye contact, and she just goes. You really love Chris Martin, don't you? <laughs> Which was funny because there was not a Chris Martin photo for Miles. There was, a, by chance, a huge photo of Tom York, though, on my wall. I thought it was Chris Martin. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, you're a big Coldplay fan? I was like, that is definitely Tom York. Uh. 
And good no morning idea. to you. Yeah, I like. Yeah, I'll ask the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so, no, honestly, I will say genuinely, like there was a couple years, and this is gonna just be me uh, giving flowers to Jenny Bloomer. There was a couple years there in improv that I was like clinically depressed, and without the. Um, the listening skills of Gemini Bloomer. I don't know where I would have been in those moments, like straight up. And it was during those times. I feel like you and I were both at rock bottom for a second together there. Yeah. Yeah. And you found yourself in my basement and I found myself with that Tom York photo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, it all led to you and Mitchie and all of us being fine in the end. So it's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, definitely like, I don't know, just going through it way too boozy. Lots of spirals. Lots of spirals oh man lots of spirals well that's like the weird thing i think like i don't know when i especially like well when i was in like my late 20s there's like that weird time when you're like okay like i'm not a kid but i'm not an adult and it's like you're trying to find it but then like for me like i got into my 30s and i'm like oh okay this is the same but now i'm in my 30s like i just like figuring out like you think your life should be a way and it's not that way. And just like, I don't know. Um, I feel like in retrospect, I'm like, well, yeah, you're like in your early thirties. It's just a weird time. Like every time is just a weird time. It's weird yeah. to be alive. It's yeah. weird to be a person. Totally. <laughs> like, I feel like that's still the time where you're shedding expectation, other people's expectations of yourself, which I really clung on to like, uh, Irish Catholic, Catholic guilt, all that yep. bullshit. And just like, I didn't think improv or comedy or anything were like a career goal or anything that you could go towards, which I'm not saying it is. You can't live off of improv money, guys, just so you know. But, but like, yeah, I, and it, I think about 30 is when I finally started giving myself a little bit of yeah, slack. Definitely you know, being nicer process. to myself. Yeah. yeah. But it took a, a while. I had a similar thing in my mid 20s where. I was comparing myself to everybody else and like I have got four older siblings. So I was like, so-and-so was way further ahead at this point than right. I am right now. And it right. made me feel like so much shit. And then finally something clicked and it's like, oh, that's because they're a completely different person. I'm not that same person. Yeah. And I'm just going to go at my own pace. So that was nice. And then another good switch was just like a thing where it's like, you can actually have like uh like realistic things like your normal day job and then like sprinkle in other things like it doesn't just have to be one or the other like yeah. you can do a lot of things but i also very much so enjoyed drinking at the go bar <laughs> you know so yeah that didn't help get out of that flex at all either so but then it's good to like figure that kind of stuff out and 100%. go through that process oh yeah there was a f- there was a moment that was very funny where me and Jenny and um, Jess Loria got absolutely hammered in my backyard, just like a random Sunday. And then like towards the end of us, just like laughing our asses off, we realized that her and um, Jess Loria were supposed to host a Sunday buffet. (laughs) And we had to like run up there. And the whole thing was like us doing drunken flock dancing. And it was just like, where has our lives gone? (laughs) You performed the show drunk. Uh, Yeah. yeah. I think that, (laughs) I performed a lot of shows very drunk. Uh, not my best look, I will say, but it definitely. I I was so I I quit drinking in 2019, and then we all know what happened in 2020. So I apologize for that. Um, but you did also, this. You did this. I did. You did this I did. I did. It was really like 
world shattering. But uh, I so I quit drinking in late 2019. But like I was recently talking to a friend of ours um, about, you know, just like starting to do shows again and like being sober and like how it's so different. And he'd be like, he was like, you drink before shows. And like, this is a person that I performed with for years, like weekly. And I was like, RJ, I was usually (laughs) drunk. He was like, even before shows? And I was like, yes, dude. His precious little mind. He like did not understand. I was just, but like, I don't know. I think that is, I feel like based on like people I talk to now who used to drink a lot and, and drink much less or don't drink now. Like, I don't think like people, people aren't like paying that close of attention to you. Um, They're paying attention to themselves. For right. sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, like, so I guess I'm just trying to think of like the greatest hits of the big things that like happened. Like I quit drinking. Um, Congratulations. Which, oh, thank you so much. So you haven't drank anything since 2019? Uh, no, no well, it was late 2019, so it was like December. So I say when did 2019. You, guys get you, you should still say 2019. <laughs> it was 2019. You sound so brave when you say 2019. Yeah. When did I'm you guys so get married? In 2019. Okay, cool, 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 cool. So basically, yeah, we the at that point, like the drinking was kind of for me getting to a point where I was like, I can see this is bad, but I don't want to stop drinking because it's like so just like it was just such a part of my life. Um, and then, yeah, we got married in September of 2019. And then by December, it was like pretty clear to me that if I did not stop drinking, I was like fully going to wreck myself, fuck up my marriage, fuck up my job. Like, I just like, I think I had things that I cared about enough to stop it. Actually, this is like very corny, but we got a puppy in like, uh, November, in November of 2019. And one night I just got like so drunk that like I blacked out and passed out and like the puppy was just like running around like Mitch had gone to bed and the puppy was just like running around like peeing everywhere like no one taking care of it and I felt so bad I was like I have to like be able to take care of this creature Um, and so I was just like all right I'm gonna stop drinking for a year even though like I knew (laughs) I needed to be fully done Mm -hmm. I felt like it was just like an easier conversation to have with every person in my life to be like, I'm just doing it for a year. And they're like, Oh wow, that's so cool. You're just doing it for a year as opposed to being like, I'm a full blown alcoholic. I don't know if any of you noticed or not, Mm -hmm. but like, this is like getting really bad. Um, And then, yeah, I just stopped it. And then Mitch stopped drinking too. And then we were both just like, Oh, we kind of drank way too much. Huh? All right. Yeah. Uh, And so then we just like stopped and then, yeah, I mean, it was a good decision for me, <laughs> but yeah, so there's that, and then, you know, we had Sophie, our daughter, the best. she fucking rules, she's so cool, everything they say about, like, you have a kid, and your, like, head falls off, and whatever, you completely change, all true, Yeah, and that your identity just kind of, like... It's like thrown up into the air and it's like, who am I now? I don't know. I'm going through that right now. You're Sophie's yeah. mom. I'm Sophie's mom. And you got it going on, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm Sophie's mom. I got it going on. <laughs> it rules. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, I don't know. That's <laughs> so that's my whole life. I love that. I love your whole life. Yeah, that's like a beautiful full circle story. Yeah, truly. 
And I, I think like a lot of people work. could like definitely resonate with that. I think it's so nice and beneficial for people to share those like shitty times in their lives because people 100%. don't really talk about it that often. And then it just helps everyone else be like, yeah, we're all dealing with a lot of the same kind of similar stuff. One hundred percent. Yeah. Aw, Jenny Bloom, I love. Well, Jenny Sosh, sorry. Hey, I right. can't stop calling you Jenny Bloom. And you don't have to. You're okay, still good. Jen Bloomer, my yeah. phone. I'm, I usually take like five years until I change someone's legal name. I literally hey, am that's always... That's fine. You want to make sure it sticks. <laughs> no, I'm literally like yeah, the drunken guest at their wedding, like changing their last name at that moment. <laughs> like in my phone. <laughs> like, they're that. not Bloomer anymore, Sasha. <laughs> My, right. Yeah, my name is like, it's changed legally, but there's still like, I kind of like lost steam in the middle of changing the names on my accounts. Like half my credit cards still say Jenny Bloomer. And <laughs> I'm just like, I mean, if anything, it's going to throw a wrench into somebody's trying trying to steal my identity, probably. probably. But yeah, I mean... I do want to go back to um, your wedding and let you know that your wedding playlist still lifts me off the ground because mm, it was like totally a mixture of every personality jenny bloomers ever had. <laughs> yeah. at one point we were on the floor screaming celine as we do and then there was five minutes later um i hope you dance came on mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and yeah it was just it was a collection of some of the greatest hits in my life i loved it totally unrelated um speaking of celine have any of you guys seen that there's like <laughs> a movie about Celine Dion but it's a different name they're using a different name no no all right say more say more don't say less (laughs) uh so it is called um let me just google it really quick it's called Aline Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they, it's definitely supposed to be Celine Dion because it's like Celine Dion songs and everything. And it's like her life story, but it's called Aline. And then the actress who plays her also plays the child version of Aline. So instead of like a child actor playing the child, it's a like shrunken version of this woman. No, it's when not. is this coming out? <laughs> it's already out. It's okay. been out for a while. Bye. Okay, so well, a, we're gonna have to end the podcast and watch. Yeah, Aline. we should watch that for sure. Uh, yeah, like, the, aren't you sold? Do you want to watch it? Oh my god, please wow. text me wow, this. Wow, 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 I've wow, also wow. every episode I have Brendan text me at least one thing from the episode. Yes, that I don't go. forget. Wow, oh, that's Aline. insane. Okay, Aline. Aline. Um, okay, so our final segment, yep, is called Niche Quiche. Niche Quiche. So anything niche that you're into lately that you would like to share with everybody? Do you have any? Oh, anything niche Do you want us to go first? Yeah, you go first. Um, Brendan, you turned me on to the girls' trips for um, Real Housewives. Mm-hmm. And so now I've watched season one and two. And um, the season two was definitely where it's at. Yeah. I loved the Bluestone Manor one. Um, but I also now am into Real Housewives of Atlanta because I asked Brendan randomly one night. I had nothing to watch. What? next franchise i should get into so now i'm watching atlanta from the beginning and it is a wild wild ride so yes, far and i just aren't they so funny yeah 2008 and 9 should not have been a, like where they were recording which like rich 
white people and other like it just should not have happened. Mm-hmm. We were not good people and still aren't. But I mean, oh my god, it's wild. What's the season with Who's Gonna Check Me Boo? Is that in the first two seasons? I think it is. Yeah, because Sheree Sheree like, goes away, right? She goes away for a few seasons. Well, there was the. But is she talking to like a party planner? Yes. In Her in the party planner, this party planner, full blown man, and Sheree. On camera. Were in a boardroom. <laughs> Sheree didn't feel like she was getting enough of the inside scoop onto her independence party that she was having for herself because mm-hmm. she's single. And her and the male party planner um, were in each other's face to a degree where I was frightened <laughs> and yeah uh, they were gonna fight each other it was and then very she goes, who's intense. gonna check me boo and it's mm. iconic yeah he calls her mama a whore and all this stuff it's like it's very insane insane yeah wow 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 <laughs> it's um you know did you watch ultimate girls trip oh yeah yeah i have one episode left of the second season yeah okay. okay yes yeah, yes i watched that one last yeah, night i just watched it the other day yeah, Dorinda yeah. isn't doing herself. Any no, favors. no, 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 <laughs> no. Dorinda, you know, riding the line I was riding. They're like, I think she's drinking in the morning. I was like, Yeah, babe. I think Dorinda drank before her improv set. I think oh, Dorinda 100%, did too. Yeah, I like the the rules at Bluestone Manor is like only clear liquid upstairs. I'm like. I see right through that not because yeah. it's clear liquid, <laughs> but I'm like, you can take a martini up there. Yeah. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And I I actually spent the whole season of season two of uh, Girls Trip just like watching the backgrounds to see which women were breaking the upstairs rules. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like every other woman has their shoes on up there. Every other woman's eating up there. Every other woman's drinking up it's there. It's really loose. Like she yeah. was bringing up food to people in like the first episode she eating, drinking gave coffee. gave them food and the gifts in their room. <laughs> like while yeah. they're in their bags. There was like a thing of muffins or something, wasn't there? Yes, there were cupcakes. like cupcakes. Uh, but the editors are really funny because they're always really funny on those shows. Yeah. And so then they're like talking about the rules and then they <laughs> cut to Dorinda sitting in her bed with a full pizza. A box of pizza <laughs> and like eating it upside down. Yes, it's like, why does she do that? The Did way we, she ate yeah. it? Yeah. She's like, love that. She ate it upside down. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> it took me out for a minute. Dorinda, Dorinda, Dorinda. I love Dorinda. She's nuts. She nuts. I don't know if she'll be going off pause anytime soon though i don't yeah. think no i think this may have deepened i think this her was pause. like her test drive and she didn't pass no <laughs> no she it wasn't even just the parallel parking it was a full failure she didn't get out of the parking lot no she didn't she didn't <laughs> she couldn't even get past adjusting her mirrors Mm-mm. no Mm-mm. oh god um Okay, so for my niche quiche, I'm going to maybe just go keep talking about uh, that Aline movie that I have mm-hmm. not seen. So I'm definitely interested in checking that out. And I think everyone else should. It's got a 58% on Rotten Tomatoes. Which is good, I hear. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the way it's described, it's PG-13 from 2020. It's a drama slash drama. So wow. let's give it a look. <laughs> drama, drama. <laughs> Um, another thing, um, so I get a subscription box from GQ magazine. Okay. I no longer get the magazine, but I really love the subscription box. It comes like every season Uh and, uh, you get like cool little things like, like creams or like clothes or like accessories and like little things that I maybe normally wouldn't 
be Purchase. buying myself or like seeking out and then once I like like it or don't I can buy more or just be like whatever so that was a cool little thing so subscription boxes I think especially now like during the well it's like still the pandemic yeah. it's just like nice to have things come in the mail that are oh fun. yeah I had like 72 different subscription boxes during the pan yeah the panini so um, that's my niche quiche this week okay Oh my gosh. Okay. So got a lot to, I, I'm trying to think cause I have uh, so many things that could potentially qualify here. Uh, but I'm going to try not to talk about the various songs and Sophie's toys that I'm getting into or out of. Uh, so the most recent thing that I really got into that I wasn't expecting to be into was uh, Macho Man Randy Savage's rap album from 2003. Wow. <laughs> so I uh, I have been a co-host of a of a new metal podcast for a number of years now, um, and I shout out Roach Coach. Shout out Roach Coach. I'm I'm leaving the podcast at the end of this year. <gasps> no. Yes, I've decided to move on. Um, oh my god! You know, I've been. Is there it going to continue time. without you? Yeah, it'll it'll continue without me. Um, but I there are like so many. It's what are a they going to do without their new metal angel? Yeah, they'll be fine. But uh, Macho Man Randy Savage's rap album uh, is so dumb, but so incredibly fun. And we listened to it for the podcast. Um, Lauren, one of the co-hosts, absolutely hated it. I loved it. I thought it was like so just pure and funny and dumb. <laughs> and uh, the whole like album, it, Macho Man is like talking about how he's like, going to kick some butt. <laughs> he just says like, he's going to kick butt all the time. But the, the first track of it is like this intro where it's like a bunch of people clearly just like reading straight off script like uh-huh. stuff that he wrote and there is there are people talking about how like how fine he is it's like oh he's fine and is all black and his like muscles but then there's like some guy who says i heard randy savage is gonna make a record and it's gonna be hot <laughs> and so I just listened to this like 45 second intro track over and over again. They're like, Randy Savage, he's the wrestling king overseas. <laughs> like, and they just are saying all these things, like reading all these things about Randy Savage. And it's that is incredible. It's just the best. It's just the best. <laughs> and oh, I'm also I'm reading uh, Jesse Klein's new book. I'll see myself out. I heard that's really good. It is really good. Oh, and I also recently read Molly Shannon's autobiography. And I it's have that. so fucking good. I have yeah. that too. I need to read that. Tom got me that signed, baby. Whoa. Yeah. That's awesome. He got it signed straight from Molly. I'm Shan, yeah. I got it. I'm Shan. So I need to watch, or I need to watch. I need to watch that book on the show. <laughs> I, <watch> that book. <laughs> I gotta read that book. I need to read that too. I also still need to read Jesse Klein's first book as well. It's good. I'll be honest. I don't know about the Jesse Klein books. So she's oh. written two books now. I guess <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the so. silence. Like, whoa, oh, we're not gonna tell you. Sorry, <laughs> we weren't supposed to mention it in you, front of you. It's just kind of a thing you figure out on your own. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. If you so have to cool, ask, cool. you'll never know. Yeah, you're not Jesse ready Klein for books. it. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's cool. That's um cool. I'll see myself out of this podcast you guys start hosting i've never been allowed yeah that. you can go to roach <laughs> yeah jesse klein is like a comedy writer and a showrunner and a bunch she's of a showrunner for i love that for you mm-hmm. oh okay 
I feel like they mentioned her on one of the podcasts we listened to. She was on an episode of Lost Culture, and it was really fucking funny. Okay. She was uh, her I Don't Think So, honey. Uh, do you ever listen to Lost Culturistas? I don't. They have a segment called I Don't Think So, honey, at the end, where they like talk about things that they're like not into right now. And so hers was... Um, Jessica Biel starring in that show Candy on Hulu. And oh like, my god! She's like, I don't think so, honey. A ten, pretending she's a five. Uh, just because you got that frizzy wig on doesn't mean you're not still hot underneath there. I was like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> they could have cast literally like so many like really qualified actors to play that part. Yeah, that's like most people. Yeah, <laughs> are just like looking like a normal average person. Yeah. They should have cast them instead of Jessica oh, Biel. She's so brave. She needed to. She needed it. She needed to come back. She needed a little break from her crappy husband. Ugh. I can okay. I want to talk about how much I hate Justin Timberlake now. Yeah. And how much that ruins my childhood. Oh, he ruined it. Did you guys see that movie Palmer? No. Yes, I did. On Apple TV, I did. Me too. I did watch it, and I was angry at myself. Yeah, I thought the only good thing about that whole movie was the little boy. Yeah, he was good, but like it was bad. Oh, it was very bad. It was very bad. It was a, a like a stupid man telling this little boy he needs to be more of a Manly, man. Yeah, and then him teaching him a lesson in the end. It's like, oh god. So who is? Palmer, <laughs> Justin Timberlake, Justin Timberlake. A man named Palmer was like telling a little boy to man up. A little gay boy that he needs to man up. Oh boy. Yeah. And then he teaches him lessons, and he grows, and That's he's right. more open minded. Okay. It so was the like, little boy teaches. Yeah, it was like Justin Timberlake okay. trying to be like you know. I'm Justin Timberlake too. was trying to definitely get an Oscar nomination, but it it. Failed. Did not align well because it came out at the same time that everyone was like, hey, remember how Justin's an asshole from the early 2000s? Yeah. And so then it didn't work out the He's way like, he wanted wait, to. But wait, look my, at this little gay boy teaching me life. <laughs> yeah. But I was in Palmer. <laughs> <laughs> but I was in Palmer. You can't cancel me. I was, yeah. Why didn't he put that in his little like Apple notes, whatever <laughs> apology he put up? Yeah. His little note. Hey, I'm right? really sorry I ruined your life hey, for you but I was in the movie Palmer. We all have our pasts, but I was yeah. in the movie Palmer. So I just I... like to say I was in Palmer. <laughs> um, not, not that that makes a difference, but I was in Palmer. I don't want to make any excuses. Yeah, it doesn't but... <laughs> excuse anything I did in the past, but I have recently been I'm in not, Palmer. I'm not ignoring what I did in the past, okay, but. Palmer. Just remember I was in Palmer. <laughs> Please just <laughs> don't just forget. know that I was in Palmer. Just don't completely eliminate me. I did Palmer. Yes, I ruined Janet Jackson <laughs> for everybody and herself, but I was recently in Palmer. Yeah, I would just like to say if you have Apple TV, it's four ninety nine a month. It's worth it. And Pay for one month. I was in Palmer. And you can watch Palmer. Say. <laughs> okay, all is forgiven. All yeah. right, everything's fine now. <laughs> we all have to find our Palmer. You know? <laughs> I'm like still searching for my Palmer moment. Well, but... Jen did find her Palmer. Yeah, Jen's I'm still totally, looking for yeah, mine. Yeah. I'm like on the yeah. brink of my Palmer yeah, moment. Yeah, I can I just think. feel it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I was in Palmer, I wouldn't have had to quit drinking to keep my life together. <laughs> if I had Palmer, I could be if three only... sheets right now and no one would care. <laughs> But when you're like, I was, I was in Palmer, it doesn't work. <laughs> you have to be able to say that completely yeah, sober. Yeah, it's too bad. You yeah, can't yeah, slur yeah. it at all. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll let you know if I find it because I'll be I'll completely ruin my life. 
as in Palmer, goddammit. If they make a sequel to Palmer and Jenny Bloomer's in it, we know she started drinking yeah, again. Yeah, you have to sabotage my audition. <laughs> <laughs> but we find out by the time you're already in the movie, yeah. it's too late. Yeah. It's the exact same movie as the first one. It's ever, she is Justin Timberlake's character. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like scene for scene, the exact same film. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Oh, God. <laughs> My so name funny. and lights. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been a lot of fun, Jenny Bloomer. Super the duper star fun star of Palmer 2. <laughs> yes. Electric Boogaloo. Yes. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Electric boogaloo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. You'll see. You'll see. Oh, I was Bigelow. I was thinking of Gigolo. I was like, she's an electric gigolo. Yeah, Palmer to electric gigolo. <laughs> yeah, look, it's so good that I can drink again. <laughs> it's electric juggalo, though. For yeah, you. yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> you have your Jenkos on. Mm hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it works. Well, this was such a funny episode. It really was. It was very fun. Um, anything else anybody wants to plug? You before? got any plugs for October, November? Yeah, whenever <laughs> we end up putting this out. I'd like no to say soon. Thanksgiving's coming up. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it already yeah. happened. It was yeah, so yeah, good. yeah. Hey. I'll meet you under the mistletoe, motherfucks. That's right. And happy New Year, you guys. Yep. <laughs> All right. All right, bye. Goodbye.